I wonder how many of you have ever had a bad day at work. Today's not one of my better ones. Whether it's paid work or voluntary work. And we all have things that just don't go according to plan, don't they? In my early career in the bank, bad days never really worried me all that much. If I listened to the radio first thing in the morning and the surf report was good, I'd be sick. I had plenty of sick days. But I also had plenty of days in the bank when things didn't go the way I wanted them to. As a school chaplain, though, things not going the way you had planned was pretty normal. Whether it was someone being suspended to the occasional, Roy, I think I'm pregnant, to the anxiety and the depression and and other mental health issues, things had a tendency of being very fluid and not going to plan. Well, I wonder wonder if you've ever thought about if Jesus had thought things might work out differently for him as he headed into Jerusalem. Did he have thoughts of a sudden change from those in authority in Jerusalem? Well, whatever he might have thought, history of how Romans dealt with problem people are pretty specific. Our reading this morning is probably around the time when Jesus would have known he was dying. But he also would have known he is dying the death of a criminal, a revolutionary. That is the point. He is now bearing the fate that he had predicted so often for the nation, for the woes he had pronounced on Jerusalem and its inhabitants were now coming true in and on him. The one was bearing the sins of many. The many had a choice to follow him, to repent, or the alternative was going to be far worse than this crucifixion. The judgment that is coming at the hands of Romans will be so severe that they will beg that the earth would just swallow them up. At the heart of the picture that Luke has painted for us this morning is, of course, the crucifixion, the cross, the mocking of Jesus as King of the Jews. Jesus had stood on, stood on its head the meaning of kingship, the meaning of kingdom itself, in the way he went about kingdom business. He has celebrated with the wrong people, offered peace and hope to the wrong people, had warned God's coming judgment to the wrong people. You might think that Jesus' Jesus' life, this is a bad day. And yes, in some respect it is. But at the same time, it's a good day. In fact, the only better day in my thinking is two days later at the resurrection. Now he is hailed as a king at last, but in mockery. His royal cupbearer 
is only a Roman soldier offering him sour wine to drink, the drink of the poor people. Here is his royal placard, at last announcing his kingship of the world. But it is done as a criminal charge to explain this cruel death. But all is not lost in this scene. Even in his last moments, he is doing his, his true royal, royalty shines through in his prayer and his promise. Unlike other martyrs that died, um, died through torture and cursing their torturers, Jesus prays for their forgiveness. And just like a king on his, on his way to his enthronement, Jesus promises a place of honour and bliss to one who requests it. What an amazing scene. Well, have you ever thought about this scene and wondered where you'd be? Most of us, I think, I'm guessing, that we'd like to think that we'd be next to Jesus with the confidence to say, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Well, his kingdom is coming and we need to be praying. We need to be praying for it and we need to be ready for it. But we aren't nailed to a cross just yet. Like the disciples in the first century, we have a job to do. Today, a number of people have put their names forward for a number of jobs that need to be done around here at St Barnabas. If you read the annual reports, you should see a celebration. You should better read a great celebration of things that have taken place this year. You'll also read that there are a lot of people doing a lot of things around here. And there are others who aren't mentioned in the reports that are doing kingdom business, whether it's in their retirement home or volunteering somewhere or at their place of work or school. Personally, personally, I'd like to see everybody share in the annual reports the things that they do for God, that God has had them doing this year. Could you imagine the size of the annual report if we did that? But how wonderful would the annual reports read? They are the things that aren't mentioned in the reports that we should also be celebrating today. The building of the kingdom doesn't stop at the pulpit or the parish council. We all have this shared responsibility to be about kingdom business. After I'd written this sermon, I, I found this amazing, well, Joe found this amazing story for me this morning. So I want to include it. It's a story about um, a young woman called Charlotte Elliott. Uh, even though she was raised as a minister's daughter, she had been confronted by a Swiss evangelist who raised the question, are you at peace with God? A few weeks later, she was still struggling with it. And so she asked him, 
you know, she, she confronted him with this question. When he, repli- when, when he replied that she didn't need to bring anything but herself, she gladly accepted Christ. Twelve years later, crippled with illness and in constant fatigue, and she took out a pen and paper and wrote a poem to encourage others. That poem is um, the famous hymn. Well, it was turned into the hymn, Just As I Am Without a Plea, which we often sing at uh, nine o'clock. Her poem was published and she was inundated with requests. At her death, thousands of letters were found in her home. Her song was translated into hundreds of languages published in more than, what is it, 1,600 hymn books. Not individual books, but different publications. It would have reached billions of people around the world. Sixty years later, in 1931, a 31-year-old man was riding in a sidecar in England. Finally, he came to the... uh, the, the end of his struggle to be accept Jesus Christ. When C.S. Lewis uh, stepped out of the sidecar, he was a new man, saved by grace. 99 years later, after she penned these words, and three years after C.S. Lewis, a 16-year-old dairy farmer, was listening intently to a message at a salvation uh, preached at a revival meeting in Charlotte uh, when the song, Just As I Am, was sung at the end. Funny enough, young Billy Graham stepped forward. We don't always know what we're going to do. We don't always know how God's going to work in us. We don't know... But from one little poem, Charlotte Elliot changed the lives of so many people. Let me encourage you this morning to be like Charlotte Elliot, to think about the little things you do that make a huge difference. We just don't know. We don't know what God's got planned for us. We just have to be ready to do it. In Jesus' name, Amen.